Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Great. Well, we thought we'd share together this morning. Is that okay? We haven't been around for a while. Well, you have, but I've been out and about. I've been upstairs. You've been upstairs. With the the kids. Yes. I've been tripping around different congregations, speaking in different (laughs) places. Um, but this morning, we're, we're finishing off our Ephesians series. Have you, have, you, have you enjoyed it? Have you found it helpful? Yeah. <clears throat> Three of you. Brilliant. <laughs> Great. That was, that was worthwhile, wasn't it? <laughs> well, what did God say to us about the autumn? He said that he wanted to strengthen, build up, and encourage us individually, but also as, as a body in each congregation and as a church. And... <clears throat> You know, we obviously can teach on Sundays, but it's, it's what we do in our own personal lives that actually takes a hold of and builds on what God is doing and what he's saying to us as a, as a, as a body of people. But how we take hold of that personally is going to make the biggest impact on our lives. But also how we interact with one another outside of a Sunday morning, how we are sharing life, doing life and building each other up together, whether that's in, in, as, as a couple of friends in a smaller group or whatever context, you know, it's so important in the days that we're in, which I think Jane's going to cover a bit in a minute. As we go through Ephesians 6 verses 10 to, to 24, so if you want to open your Bibles, we are, we are going to kind of base it from the um, Amplified this morning because there's some fantastic things in the Amplified that help to bring out some things uh, more so. But just to give a really, really quick synopsis, Ephesians, there's six chapters. The first half of Ephesians, the first three chapters, as I'm sure you'll be aware by now, covers so much of what Christ has done in us, all the blessings that we have as believers individually, but also together, what does it mean to be a people that live in Christ? And everything from that we're loved, that we're called, that we're chosen, that we've been forgiven. That doesn't mean you never repent again, uh, because if we do, we need to get right with God. But our past is gone. Our old life is dead and buried, crucified with Christ. You're now a new person. You're a new creation, amen? That we've been adopted uh, the amazing thing about adoption is you're called, you're picked out, hand-picked to become part of a family, and each one of us has been called and chosen, <laughs> adopted to become a child of God. We're accepted, we've been made worthy before Him. Doesn't that give you confidence and mm-hmm. boldness to know that you've been made worthy to be a child of God? Yeah. Amen. Uh, We're alive in Christ. We have a new life in us. Uh, we're now one with Christ. One with Christ. We're now sons of God. We're now citizens of his kingdom. We're not just part of an earthly earthly world in that sense. We're part of of another kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. We're a member. We're part of the body of Christ, the church. The wall of hostility has been broken down between Jew and Gentile, which it says in Ephesians 2. And so Paul is describing what it means, what it looks like to be the body of Christ, to be the church. So that one new man. We're a family. Uh, we're a people of light uh, in, in, uh, from that point of view. So there, there's all sorts of things that we've looked at in the first half. And then the second half of Ephesians, it describes what it looks like to live this thing out. How do we live this out together mm. as a body? How do we live this as a family of believers? What does it look like then to the world, which will come <laughs> a little bit more into, uh, into landing this morning in terms of the last part of Ephesians 6. It talks about in the second half the unity of the body, the importance to keep the unity. It talks about the fivefold, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, shepherd, uh, evangelist, um, that fivefold, equipping the saints. So the second half of, the, of Ephesians is very much about every part of the body. Every life matters. No one's here by accident. How we live this thing out together. Um, We touched on uh, living clean, living pure. We touched on marriage and singleness, how to have healthy relationships. There's, There's so much in Ephesians that really Paul writes in six chapters a little bit of a blueprint of what it means to be the church on earth, how the church to be expressed. So 
from that point of view, we're now going to kind of jump into the last few verses of, of chapter 6. And uh, we're going to go through this. And as we said, we're going to use the uh, Amplified, which hopefully will come up on the screen. And so we're going to kind of flow between us, just sharing certain things uh, that we believe God wants to, uh, to say this morning to us as we uh, come not just into the Christmas season, but as we kind of move into next year, 2024. So let's have a, a look and just read the first few verses and make a few comments on this. So Paul says here, depending on what translation, in conclusion or therefore. So off the back of everything that he's just written, everything we've been looking at over the last few months. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him. Draw strength from him, that strength which is boundless, which his boundless might provides. Don't you love that? Be empowered through your union with him. Yeah. So what's Paul saying? He's he's in the first half of the of the, the, the letter to the Ephesians, he's really been describing that. Our union with him, be empowered, live in the good of, take a hold of, remind yourself, yeah. remind one another the power of who he is in us, what he's done for us, how we champion that in each other. Be empowered through our union with him, which is so key in the days that we, we live in. Draw strength from him. In order to draw strength, that takes time. Yeah. Take time, draw strength, make space, draw strength from him, cultivate that empowering life that we have in us, that boundless might that he provides. Don't you love that verse? Then in verse 11, put on God's whole armour, the armour of a heavy-duty soldier which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not contending just with a physical world in that sense, but against the despotisms. Don't you love that? The despotisms. What does that mean? It means the things that are trying to control, the things that are trying to have dominion over our lives and over the world, against the powers, against the master's spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavens. So descriptive all this stuff, isn't it? Of the supernatural sphere. So what is Paul writing here? He's basically saying through verse 11 and 12, because of what he's alluded to in 10, you're not just living in a natural world, part of a natural kingdom. You've now been brought into a spiritual kingdom. You're now part of another kingdom that is not just separated from this world, but you're now in this kingdom, in this world, to see this kingdom not just within you, but to advance through you into the lives of other people that don't yet have this kingdom. And he's saying in order to live in this kingdom, we need to operate in the spiritual life, the spiritual dynamic of this kingdom on earth, which means that we have to constantly remind ourselves and take a hold of what Paul says in the first half of Ephesians. How many of you are bombarded by negativity? Or is it just me? We're constantly bombarded with the negativity in our own heads and hearts and lives, but also with the world around us and the importance of constantly taking a hold of this positive kingdom, this spiritual kingdom, this overcoming kingdom that we have and that we are part of and applying that in our minds, in our hearts and in our lives and amongst us as, as who we are. But also... Because our battle is not against people. It's not against flesh and blood, as Paul explains here. There's spiritual realities that are going on around us and we need to operate as spiritual people in the spiritual realities of the kingdom, the authority and the power of the kingdom in different ways, which we'll look at in a minute, because there are things that need to be overcome in this world. There are need to be things that are defeated in this world by a people who believe who they are in Christ, Amen. a people who believe in the power of prayer. Yeah. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. People who believe in the power of prayer, but also those who believe in the power of the gospel yeah. Yeah. and what that does as well. Prayer, 
praying and going, the power of prayer and the gospel that is part of overcoming these principalities and powers in this dark world. So the importance of us as believers taking a hold of constantly, yeah. daily, yeah. taking the hold. If we want to live in victory, we want to live as overcomers, then daily we need to take a hold of who we are. Yeah. Daily taking that responsibility. Nobody can do that for you. We can encourage one another, but that reality growing in us happens as you and I take a hold of the truth in our own lives and apply that and we pray that, we speak that, we declare that yes. over our own lives into and into other situations. Oh, yeah. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Good stuff, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so the next verse says, therefore. So everything we've been hearing and are going to hear in the rest of the chapter, put on God's complete armour. Okay, so it's God's armour. God has ways for us to be protected, yes. to live in protection, to live as overcomers, okay? That you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day yeah. of danger. And having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly mm. in your place. Yeah. Stand, therefore, hold your ground having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. And we're going to stop there because Clive's going to carry on with the next part. <clears throat> this, this verse is really, really important for, for me personally. Um, and the Lord gave me this verse about 30 years ago um, when I had my first child. He's now 32. I was doing creche and looking after the kids. And uh, there are only a handful of us. But the Lord gave me this word, these words, for his generation and said this generation that are now 30 years old and this generation that are young growing up are going to need to be able to stand their ground mm. they're going to need to be able to stand their, their ground in days that are evil in days that are dangerous in crisis and hold their ground and hold to the word of truth. And I love this church because Pastor Colin and Caroline and Clive and the rest of us as a leadership team that have been here year in, year out, plugging truth, plugging truth to every single one of us, uh, holds us, yeah. holds us firm in, yes. in these days. Yes, yes. And it's, it's crucial. It's crucial because the church, the world is shaking, the church is shaking, the yes. church are believing all kinds of doctrine now, yes, yes. but we need to hold to the word of truth, amen. amen, and even more so for the generation going forward. And so anyway, I'm gonna, I've got a prop, is that okay? Oh yeah, I've got help, haven't I? Oh yeah, you have got to help. <laughs> so I thought, well, I didn't even know if I had loins, I didn't know what they were, I had to look them up. I was thinking, loins. I was thinking, boy, blokes have loins, don't they? But I think I was thinking groin from watching football. So I looked up what loins were and what a belt of truth is that has to be tightened around us. Tightened. Say tightened. tightened. Not just having it. It's not just knowing the truth. It's having it tight. Now, this is, this is a bit different to a Roman soldier's. They had leather belts, okay? But the idea is the same, that the belt, the belt goes round the middle, the loins are the middle of you, okay? And the belt would strengthen a soldier. They, weren't, they were, don't fight from the top of their back or their arms or their, this is tightened so that they have strength in their midsection, so they would fight from their, from their, from their hips yeah. and they could stand firm, yeah. yes? Yeah. Out on, on this belt, they would carry their weapon. <laughs> what is that? It's, <laughs> it's just a little wooden dagger because... This is, where, this is where you've got to have faith, all right? There's yeah. a lot of faith in the... If I'm, if I'm going to fight with that, I, 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 God's going to have to help me. Faith as small as a mustard seed, that's all we need, all right? All right. I didn't have a dagger. We have a huge sword, but that wouldn't have worked. They didn't hang those on the belt. Yeah, but they had, they had the sword attached here, and it would, it would rest in here. So all their armour was linked. Your armour, everything is linked to the truth, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so you have your dagger... 
Yeah, look at that. You have your food. If you're going to battle, you need your chocolate raisins. There you go. Oh, yeah. I like these, actually. She does. No, no, not now. Right. But the truth is your word is what you feed on. Yeah. We don't survive without it. That's right. Also, when they went into battle, this is what they did. They hung it off their belt. Thanks, Alistair, for this tool belt. So water, you can't live without it. That's it. You can't go into battle without food and water. They would carry everything on them, okay? We don't rely on other people for our truth. We plug in to God, we plug into the Word, and we carry everything ourselves. We have to carry it ourselves. The Word of God, the Word of God, the Gospel, everything is in there. Yeah. Um, Clyde's going to talk about that in a bit. And a money purse. So we're going to tie you a little... You needed money with you, so you would carry it. Your money purse would be attached to your belt, so you have provision. Okay? Thanks. Also, the belt, very interesting about the Roman belt, it had a buckle on it that had an identity in it. So that there was a Roman soldier that had no other identity on them apart from what was attached to the belt. So your identity is the truth of who you are in Christ. Yeah. Right. Amen. So Clive is Klein Tools, established in 1857. There you go, near enough. <laughs> I'm a walking miracle if I'm that old. Yes. Um, so he's now strengthened, he's ready, he's, because this whole passage is about being strengthened and ready in the day of battle. Amen. That's why this needs to be tightened now for every single one of us. Amen. 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 You can keep it on or take it off, whatever you want to <laughs> do. Yeah, you want some raisins. Yeah, he wants the raisins. Yeah, I'll have those afterwards. <laughs> if you want to share them with me, you're welcome. All right. Cool. So... Um, it supported their whole body um, so they could operate. It, the belt centered them. They never went anywhere without their belt. The only reason their belt was ever taken off was as if they were stripped of it, if they were being punished. It was that crucial to the whole of their armor. Their identity was on it, like I said. Their identification was on it. If it was lost, then nobody would know who they are. So everything about this was key to the soldier. It carried everything they needed. All their protection hung on it. Everything hung on the belt of truth, as we're calling it. Amen. Everything. The breastplate, which you're going to hear about, rested on it. They would tuck their tunic into it if they were going into battle. So that's where it says, gird up your... It's like, put every, tuck everything in and be ready for the day um, that we are in. And we are totally centred, strengthened, and stand balanced and ready with Jesus as our truth. Amen. Jesus is our identity. Amen. He's our identity. He's everything. Amen. And um, so I just want to mention the, the book that um, I've written. And this is, um, I, was pr I, I was feeling to write a book. Both of us were sensing a couple of years ago about whether to write. And I had a couple of words from people about writing a book. And I said to the Lord, do you want me um, to write a book. And he, he led me to a verse that said, um, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, publish peace. In the Amplified, he said, publish good news, publish peace. And that's when I knew, okay, I need, I need to do this thing, to write a book and publish it. And proclaim to Zion that your God reigns. So the book is He Reigns, out today. If you buy them today, you get the shiny copy. On Amazon, it won't be shiny because they don't do shiny. So um, if you want a shiny one, buy it here today. Um, it's the gospel. It's an encounter with Jesus going through each verse of Isaiah 9. To those in darkness, light has come. To those in anguish, light has come. Mm. Amen. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. On him, the government is on his shoulders. Amen. It goes through the whole verses wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And then it goes on to talk about the kingdom that's to come. It carries the gospel, it carries God's heart for Jew and Gentile as well because he came for the Jewish people, amen. So you may know everything written in here, but I encourage you to get one. We're going to go through it as a church um, in January in the prayer and fastings. There's 21 um, chapters, but 
yeah, buy it for someone else who needs maybe a heart for the Jewish people that they, they don't have an understanding. But to be strengthened in truth, that's why God said, call it, he reigns. Because he wants us to know he reigns. He wants us to know he is on the throne. Mm. Especially in the days that we are, we are going into. Amen. Brilliant. Okay, your turn. Thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, verse 14. There's, there's quite a bit we want to get through, so we're just going to keep just sort of cracking on. Verse 14. Having put on the breastplate of integrity or righteousness and of moral rectitude, which means virtue or rightness and right standing with God. So what, what is the breastplate? That The breastplate basically protected the heart and the key organs uh, in your body. And so what does God righteousness do? As we, as we put on that righteousness, who he's made us in Christ, then that protects our heart, okay? And we have a responsibility to protect our heart from all the, all the ways in which we can be seduced and tempted and taken out and attitudes, motives, and all of that kind of thing. And so it, to put on that righteousness, to clothe ourselves in that righteousness, is to keep reminding ourselves and applying that we don't allow anything to get into our hearts that can kind of just gradually have this little seeping effect that before you know where you are, you're kind of slightly going down that road. And, and that daily kind of just keeping our heart in check, attitudes, motives, desires, that we're, we're protecting our heart from that point of view. Then it says in verse 15, having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness or the constant vigilance produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. What does that lot mean? Um, it means basically, it, it, well, a Roman soldier with his shoes, his sandals, the underside, the soles had nails and um, uh, studs in the bottom so that when he was going into battle, his foot wouldn't slip. And so along with that belt, which, he, which was the centre of how he moved, his feet then could cooperate so that he could move in whichever direction he needed to, that he wouldn't slip. And so this, this shod in our feet with the gospel has two parts. One is that we don't slip in our own lives into other things that are not the gospel. Could we're reminding ourselves of what is the gospel of truth? Yeah. And so that we're aware of anything that is not the truth, okay, so that our, our lives are rooted, our feet are staying shod with the, the gospel of truth. But it's also so that we're, we're operating with the gospel of truth, taking the gospel out there. But we're also alert to the schemes and the attacks of the enemy, ready to move in whichever direction God wants to, to, to lead us, okay? So those shoes of the gospel. Then it says in verse 16, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith, upon which you quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. It's, what is that shield of covering, the shield of faith? It's God's word, it's the substance. Yeah. God's word is the substance of him speaking into our lives that enables us to overcome the lies of the enemy. So the enemy constantly lying and that shield of faith when we take hold of the truth is reminding ourselves this is what the truth is. It's the shield of faith that also works with the breastplate of righteousness so that it keeps our heart in check. Uh, and we're using the word to stay as a person of victory, stay as a person who overcomes and keeps our mind in check, which then goes into verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So that being transformed by the renew of our mind, as it says in Romans 12, that helmet of salvation, that we have the mind of Christ. Amen. And again, a lot of it is saying the same thing, but using different pieces of equipment to keep our mind aligned with the truth, to keep our hearts aligned with the truth, therefore to keep our lives aligned with the truth so that we know how to take hold of the word, which is very much the first half of Ephesians to remind ourselves who we are in Christ so that we stay alert, we stay alive and we're sensitive to the things of the Spirit, what God is doing, but also what is happening in the world. Yeah. And one of the most important things here is that it keeps us with a tender heart. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps us with a tender heart. Gives us tough skin, 
but a tender heart, which is going to be even more important going forward yeah. with all the things that are going on in our culture and our society. Mm. So verse 18, pray at all times. Okay, it's a conversation with God, isn't it? Yeah. It's an ongoing conversation where we're just talking to him, worshipping him, giving him our concerns, giving him our fears, not doing it on our own. We don't have to do any, we don't have to do life on our own. That's it. He's there in us and the Holy Spirit is in us. Pray at all times on every occasion, every season in the spirit. So pray in tongues. If you don't know what to pray, pray in tongues. We have the Holy Spirit in us. He's the engine room. He's our strength. When we yes. pray in the Spirit, we're praying. He's praying to the Father for us, to Jesus. It's the, it, just, just pray in tongues. And if you don't know how to, come and see us at the end and we'll pray for you to be filled with the Spirit because it's the most important way of praying yes. is praying in tongues. He prays through us with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding on behalf of all the saints, on behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. So we're praying for those around us as well as ourselves, yeah. our loved ones, people in other nations, praying for believers, um, praying into what's going on in the Middle East at the moment. We, we pray for the believers that are in Israel. We pray for the believers that are in Gaza because there are believers there. And boy, do they need our prayers. Yes. They need our encouragement. They need our strength. And if you were going through the toughest thing you were facing, you'd want to know other people were praying for you, wouldn't you? It's so, so important. We pray all the time. We can't live without it. It's, our, it's living water. Mm. We were praying this morning in the prayer meeting and Dave Kent, he just prayed out, you know, prayer isn't just like static little do this for me, do that for me, God. The Holy Spirit is a river and we, yes. d we jump in and the Holy Spirit will lead the prayer where what he needs he to see happen, what yeah. he wants to do. Yeah. And so that's where prayer is exciting yeah. because it's, it's God's will being done. Yeah in us um, and we know that the prayer uh, the warfare around us is intensifying in the world so the prayer needs to up <laughs> in our own lives and our own families and also for those in the nations and um, uh, I just want to read um, Sylvia sent me a word that she had she had a dream the other night and I just want to read this out to you she said I had a dream with many intercessors from our church going up and down a mountain I knew that this was the changing of the guards, a continuous prayer and worship. When I woke up, my thoughts immediately went to the high priest from Leviticus 6, and I heard the Holy Spirit saying, the fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually, it shall not go out. Then he led me to Luke 12, where Jesus speaks to his disciples about keeping their lamps continually burning and about being awake and watchful and ready for the master's return. Mm. Jesus yeah. is coming back, right? Yeah. <laughs> but as he's coming, all hell's breaking loose beforehand. So it's going to be a lot. There's the stuff in the earth is going to intensify. The battle is going to intensify with Jesus returning for the Jewish people. So the battle there is going to intensify, mm. okay? So we're watchful, we're ready for the master's return so that when he knocks, they respond to open the door immediately. She said, I don't feel an urgency, but rather an encouragement to keep going and to keep the fire of prayer and worship on, especially in this season when we celebrate the gift of King Jesus, the true hope and light of the world. Amen? Yeah. He says, abide in me and I in you. So we're gonna, we stay in that place of prayer. We stay in that place of worship and praise and declaration. So that my light is seen on you and that you may be fruitful and multiply and my Father is glorified through you. And there's a passion of God's heart to see souls saved all over the earth yeah. this time. Yeah. And when we pray, we join in with that passion and that zeal for souls, whether it's yeah. in our neighbourhood or whether it's those that are, are facing the physical battle in, in the Middle East at the moment. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. As we, as we come into next year, uh, as we said in the little video, the first... The first part of the year, we're going to really focus on on prayer. Yeah, it has to be a work of the Spirit yeah. to pray 
at all times. It's not something you can just try and do in your own strength. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to just release something fresh in us as a church to do with prayer. And, but we have to give ourselves to him in order for that to be released. It's not just something that if you stand there, just gets released. As we engage and pray, God releases a greater dynamic of prayer in us. And so prayer is one of those things. You only grow in it as you pray. It's like a lot of things in life. You can, you can hear a lot of information and you can be told a lot of things, but it's only as you do something, you learn in the doing, in the process of having a go and whatever that is in life. And it's the same with prayer. Uh, and so in one sense, it's like God wants to... Um, uh, he's going to pull on us in prayer, in the spirit. He's going to. He's going to. There's a, there's going to be a requirement yeah. in the spirit, a pull on us in prayer, and it and it is related to the harvest. Yeah. yeah. And it's related to what is going on in the world. God wants there to be a, an increase in harvest in our own town. In the towns in this area, the 25 mile radius, and there's other things that God's been speaking to us about next year, which we'll speak about in, in in January. Paul the apostle, he understood the power of prayer and the need for prayer. He says here in verse 19, and pray for also for me that freedom of utterance may be given me, that I may open my mouth to proclaim boldly, to proclaim fearlessly the mystery of the good news, for which I am an ambassador in coupling chains or in prison. Pray that I may declare it boldly and courageously as I ought to. Don't you love the way Paul writes? The guy was lived in the zeal of God. And and I believe God wants to release a fresh zeal. Mm. Yeah amongst us or, or increase it mm. let's put it that way he wants to increase that zeal that passion for him but yeah. also a zeal for the things that he is zealous yeah. for and jealous for mm. uh, in in that way I just want to share uh, this last part of the message uh, just something I suppose to link it in with what Paul's saying here um, just something God's been doing in me over the last couple of months and we started the year with share your life, share your faith, share Jesus. Anybody can remember back then, first part of the year? And if I'm honest, I think we did, we did some good stuff with that, but I don't think we really followed through. And I want to apologise to everybody for us not following through how we started the year and, and actually putting more pressure like together that we didn't put more pressure, in, in, in spiritual pressure, on what God was doing and saying at the beginning of the year. And, and that's my fault, ultimately. And as we come into 2024, I believe God is wanting us to focus on prayer because there needs to be a greater release of faith effectiveness in prayer and fervency in prayer. Effectiveness is connected with agreement. It's connected with our lives, how we're living our lives, with cleanness and purity of heart. There's some stuff we're going to talk about that that I really believe God wants to do amongst us. There's an effectiveness that is, is affected by how we are, but then there's a fervency that's to do with the zeal of God and the zealousness of God that he wants to increase amongst us, not just for him and for prayer, but for going with the gospel. And I know over the last couple of months, God's been, he's been challenging me in my own life about my own personal witness. And what God said to me, he said, he said Clive, there's three main reasons why people don't share their faith. One is people say, I don't know what to say. The second one is, what will they think of me if I share my faith? And the third one is, um, what if I upset someone? And I, I've been thinking about all this stuff and some of the reasons why I don't, there's, all, there's other reasons why people might say, well, this, that and the other. But I, I believe they're the three main reasons. First question, um, a lot of people don't know what to say. Now, we went through some of that stuff earlier in the year. We all have a story of testimony. We can practice stuff. 
the end of the day, we're only going to learn by, by doing it. You, you're never going to become any good at sharing the gospel, sharing what you, unless you do it. <laughs> Same with my own life. So in one sense, what's the answer to? I don't know what to say. Just do it. I mean, there's an, we're only going to grow by sharing our faith. And every time you speak to somebody who doesn't know Jesus, it's a different conversation. You'll never repeat the same thing twice to someone because everybody's unique. And what comes out will be relevant for them because if we're going out in our lives, not just, you know, wherever that might be or look like, mm. trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to give me the words to say in the moment, right? So we're only going to learn by, by, by doing it. Um, so here's a question. If not now, when? Because mm. tomorrow never comes. Yeah. We think, oh, yeah, I'll do it when I know more and learn a bit more. And t-. Well, that day never comes. Yeah. We only live in the now with God. And, and so God challenged me and he's like, Clive, will you just get on with it? Yeah. I'm like, okay. Second part was, what will they think of me? Uh, what happens if I, you know, they don't like me as a result? And, and God said to me, well, what was it like for Jesus? He, this is what, you know, we look at the gospel and because Jesus went out and he had crowds with him, loads of people with him, we just think, oh, they were, everybody loved him, liked him, and he went out with the gospel and he had to, well, often he, he said to the disciples, let's go to the next place that has not heard yet. Jesus had loads of first times. Every time he went to a new village, it was like the first time they were going to hear it. What were they going to make of him? Were they going to like it or not? Some loved it and followed him. Others hated it. So Jesus had many first times. Every time you share the gospel with someone, it's like the first time because everybody's unique. Everybody's So in one sense, you have to get over yourself every time you're going to share the gospel. This is what's been happening in, in me, right? Third one was, what if I upset someone? Well, when I was praying about that, the Lord said to me, well, they persecuted me, so they're going to persecute <laughs> you. They hated me, so they're going to hate you. It's like, oh, right, okay. But it's not everybody's going to hate you. Some will, some won't. But are you just going to get on with it? And so I, I kind of made a decision really right. And, and so I said to the Lord, every time I go into town, wherever I go, if you want me to talk with somebody, pray with somebody, whatever it might be, I, I'm going to do it. And I, I take these around with me everywhere, these smile tracks. I have them in the, my jacket pocket in here. I've got a bundle in there. Put them in my bag. I have them in the car. I've got, I don't know how many I must have somewhere <laughs> around me. Okay. But it's like, this is a seed. And it's like, Father, I just want to sow seeds in people's lives. And God said to me, what, is, what does it say in Mark 16, 15? And 16, this is Mark writing. He said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So Jesus said, I felt the Lord say to me, change it, go into the world and just say, go into people's lives. Because that's what it means to go into the world. Just go into people's lives. Some will believe, some won't. But it's not your responsibility for who does and who doesn't. All I want you to do is go into people's lives and interrupt them with the gospel. Share your story. Whatever it might take, just interrupt their lives. And I've always had this a bit of a thing. I'm not so bothered so much about what people think about me. Um, If you do this sort of thing, you get lots of feedback, both positive and (laughs) negative, right? So it's like, well, you know, whatever. But the the thing about upsetting others, that was a thing for me, right? Well, what happens if they don't like it? They get angry and it puts them off. And and in in conversation with the Lord and also some really helpful conversations with Eric Casto over the last couple of months while he's been here, he said, he said this, one of the things he said to me, he said, Clive, he said, when people really don't, when you, you want to share with somebody or whatever goes on and they really don't like it and they say, I don't want to know, thanks very much, get lost, not interested, get stuffed or some other words that they sometimes use, um, bless you, that kind of thing. Um, in that moment, he said, it, that's the very moment they need someone to be there to interrupt them because their lives are so tunneled in what they're in and what they're controlled by. Whatever's happened in their lives, just to whatever reason they're like that. And he said, somebody's got to interject somewhere because at this moment, they're on their way to an eternity without God, which is H-E-L-L, hell. And somebody's got to interrupt their lives. 
And seeing it from that perspective completely changed my whole thinking about sharing the gospel. And he said, and and Eric said to me, some people need to get angry. They need to be upset. They they need to be annoyed. Not because of the way you are, the way you say something. It's not you. It's the message. You're interrupting their whatever. People need interrupting in their lives. I was like, right. So I started to pray, Father, take me to people that need interrupting. (laughs) (laughs) So recently, uh, uh, in coffee shops, the people who serve, you know, if if the queue's not too big, or while I'm waiting, while I'm drinking, if I have an opportunity, I'm going to go back and say, hey, and and I use these. And I say, hey, mate, I said, has anybody ever told you how much Jesus loves you? And people go, no. <laughs> no, they haven't. And I'm like, well, I'm here to tell you how much Jesus loves you, what, what he, that he wants you to know you. He wants a personal relationship. You can have a relationship with Jesus or whatever comes out in that moment. Can I give you a smile? Can I tell you some stuff? That, you know, whatever it might be that comes in that, that moment. And, and I've had some amazing conversations with people, how open they are. Uh, went on the crosswalk to London last Saturday, not yesterday, last week. It was freezing, but went up there. And oceans of people, oceans of people. I talked to Muslims who were not that interested and got pretty aggressive. Talked to Muslims. Met a bunch of Israeli lads who were just here for a few days. Ended up giving them the gospel. Great conversation with them. And they all took these. And they all walked away going like this, reading about Jesus as they walked away. Turned round, there was a, a guy I didn't know was Jewish. He turned round, I said, Hi, can I give you a smile today? Do you know that G- have you ever heard anybody tell you Jesus loves you? And the guy's like, Oh, I know all about Jesus. I'm like, Really? He goes, Yeah, I'm Jewish. I'm like, Great. I said, Do you know Jesus? And he goes, No, no, I'm not religious, don't believe in any of that stuff. He said, But I do believe there was a Jesus and he was a good man. I'm like, okay. We then got into a whole conversation about who Jesus is and this, that, and the other. Walked along, bunch of French guys, group of French guys looking at their phones. I, I don't know what they were doing, but anyway, I got a load of fr- tracks out in French, jumped into this group, said, hey, bonjour, like that. And they started talking to me, and I'm like, that's the only English I know. And they, they laughed at me. You know, we go with love and we go with joy. Amen. Love's the key, right? Love is the key. Yeah. And, and anyway... Ended up having a great conversation. They, and they stood there. One of them was reading the track to everybody else in French. It's brilliant. And I'm like, you know, you guys. And they, then they were shaking my hand. Merci beaucoup, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for talking to us. It's amazing, you know, whatever. And then they walked away with ease in, in their hands. Brazilian people, Germans, had this amazing conversation with a German lad. He told me he didn't believe in anything. There was no God. He said, I believe in life. And I said, that's fantastic. I said, the one who's given life and created life is the one that wants to know you. So the life that you have and you're breathing is God the creator and he wants to relate. And he's like, I've never heard that. And then we had a whole conversation about Jesus' love for him. He, he said, thank you so much for this and started reading it in front of me. I talked to, went up to people, you're just giving out tracks left, right and centre. And I went up to one young couple and I said, hey, um, can I just give you a smile? Can I tell you how much Jesus loves you? And the guy looked at me and he went, oh, I don't believe in all that anymore. I said, why is that? What happened? Then he starts telling me what happened in his life. And I said, maybe, just maybe, this guy was from Holland, maybe God just got me to walk past you and turn and say hi and give you one of these because he said, I've not forgotten you. I've not rejected you. No no matter what's happened in your life, I want to heal you. I want to bring you back into relationship with me. And this guy said to me, I've never thought of it like that. I walked along and there were people that I thought, I'm not going to give them a track. They're going to punch me if I give them one. (laughs) If if you need to get your kids, can you go and get them? Because it's just gone half 11. Is that right? If you need to go and get your kids, just go and get them. Somebody else can fill you in this last couple of minutes. just believe this is really important. Um, the loads of people come in at you that you thought, oh, I'm going to give them a track because they look really open. And some of the most open people as you gave that they told you where to go. <laughs> and then some others that I thought, this is, going to be, this, this is not going to go well, but I'm going to just reach out with a big smile. Hey, can I give you a smile? And people were looking like, no, not interested. And I would walk backwards like this saying, go on, take it. This is going to change your life. And the amount of people that stopped at that moment and took it 
and said, what's all this about then? The next time I find out I'm in a conversation telling them who Jesus is, how much he loves them, what he's done for them and how they can know him. And the amount of people that went from being not interested, go away, to I never knew that. I just thought all this religion stuff was a load of... But it's completely different. So you're saying I can know God personally, yeah. And it was amazing the conversations that I had with people. And, and this afternoon, going into town when we're carol singing, I'm just looking forward to interrupting people's lives. Interrupting their lives. Yeah. Everybody who doesn't know Jesus needs interrupting. Yeah. But it's got to be with, with, with love. And so just to finish, Paul finishes here. I had to repent. And said to the Lord, I, I forgive me that I've just been so silent in my life. And I believe God wants to shake us as a, as a yeah. church. I know there's an increasing amount of outreach going on. Uh, there are different individuals in all the congregations that we have that are going out. I'm not just talking about going into town. I'm just talking about in our lives as well as. Yeah. So, and we, we have to share the gospel with people. We can't keep silent. No matter how painful that is, whatever you've got to get over, whatever you've got to push through and break through, you just got to do it. Um, there's no sympathy this morning because there was no sympathy with me when God was talking to me. There was, there was compassion in the way God said it, uh, but then there's grace to respond. So we, we, we've all got reasons why. Well, I'm not sure. I've got, I could give you loads. But one of them is like the Holy Spirit gently saying, Clive, just get over yourself. Yeah. Just get over yourself and get on with it. Get on with it. And as we do it, I'm not there yet. I'm still, this afternoon, I'm still like, it's like going to be going out for the first time because you're going to meet some people for the first time. Some are going to go, oh, thanks so much. Others are going to go, would you get stuffed? We were in a restaurant the other day, finished the meal, this, that and the other. There was a guy sitting next to me. And as, I, as we left, I said, hey, mate, can I just, and he goes, not interested. I hadn't even started. And he goes, leave me alone. I don't want to know. I'm not interested. I'm like, I said, mate, no, I'm not interested. I said, look. I said, we're Christians. I'm, I'm really not any, I'm really not interested. I said, can I just give you a smile to tell you how much Jesus loves you? I don't care. Not interested. It was the most awkward moment out of all the moments that I've had so far. When you're sitting next to somebody and they don't, and it's like, this is, this is like, I feel an idiot. And uh, he was getting up to go and we were getting up to go. But then the two people that served us, they were much more open. We gave this, that and the other. I walked out of the restaurant thinking, that was, I'm not going to do that again. I am not ever, ever going to do that again. And Eric said to me at that moment, he said, that was the best thing that guy needed. He said that was exactly what he needed. He needed somebody to feel like an idiot at that moment to go, to keep going in that moment, to confront his... Get lost, get stuff, not interested, not interested. He said, what we do now is we say, Jesus, thank you for the seed in his life that's going to take root. It's going to start cracking him open and that he comes to know you. It's, it's just a completely different way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Let's finish with this. What does Paul pray at the end? Peace to the brethren and love joined with faith from God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Grace which is what we all need for this. Yeah. Be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with undying and, un and incorruptible love. And then it said, Amen, which Connie talked about earlier. Let it be. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump to our feet. We're going to pray. Can't pray sitting down. Let's jump to our feet for a moment. Who's coming out this afternoon that wasn't going to be coming out already? Anybody else going to join me Maybe. to interrupt people's lives? Some of you are going... Oh, rubber hits the rubber hits the road. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not a go in the streets person. It's just not me. But something's breaking. Yes. Something's breaking. But it breaks as you go. Yes. It's not just breaking in a meeting. Holy Spirit, is it broken yet? Is it broken yet? <laughs> Holy Spirit's not going to break that in a meeting, in a room. He's going to break it as we go. I find myself crying. When I see people, I'm filling up when I'm talking to people out in the street. But as people walking past and they weren't interested, I was full of joy, full of joy. But also I was like, Holy Spirit, please, please just rescue them somehow. As the next load of people were coming, say, hey, can I, whatever. God wants there to be an overflow in our lives. I mean, let's just, 
let's not close our eyes, okay? Let's lift our hands. Let's look up to heaven for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. And just say, Father, here am I. Father, here. here am I. Thank you for all that you've given me. Thank you for all that you've lavished into my life. Forgive me where I've boxed it in. Forgive me where I've kept it all to myself. I choose now to open the tap of love. To open the tap of the gospel. I thank you, Jesus, that every fear Every reason, every excuse is going to be confronted. But I want it to be confronted because I want the life of who you are to flow in a fresh way through my life. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, for your grace, for your grace. Thank you for your grace, Jesus. Amen. But I thank you for your love. Yeah. 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 Your love. Yeah. I want to go yeah. with your love. Amen. To my family that don't yeah. know you. Yeah. To my friends that don't know you. Yes. To my work colleagues that don't know you. Yes. To my community that doesn't know you. Yeah. Into the town center to those who don't know you. Yeah. We go with love. When we reach out. We're holding out the word of life. Talks about in Philippians 2. We're holding out the word of life. When you're doing that, you're holding out the word of life. Thank or when you, you share your testimony, you're holding out the word of life. Yes, and when you say the name Jesus, there's power yes. to yes. convict, to reveal, to do stuff in hearts that our own words don't. So, Father, I thank you for mobilizing a kingdom faith church. I thank you that in the new year, prayer is going to rise, 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 rise to meet the, 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 the scale of harvest that you want to bring in through 2024. We thank you for all you've done this year, for those who have been saved, those who have been baptized. But, Father, it's just the beginnings, just the beginnings, just the beginnings. And Father, I thank you for your grace on every one of us to see people come to know you over Christmas and into 2024. Everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Everybody say, Thank you, Jesus, for the people that are going to come to know you through my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen, Amen. Okay. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.